This is the Off the Charts Business Podcast for multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Here, you'll learn how to design a scalable business so you can spend more time outside, away from the screen, through actionable ideas, real-world examples, and pep talks from your host, that's me, Natalie Lucier, founder of Access Ally. This is the Off the Charts Business Podcast for multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Here, you'll learn how to design a scalable business so you can spend more time outside, away from the screen, through actionable ideas, real-world examples, and pep talks from your host, that's me, Natalie Lucier, founder of Access Ally. Have you ever wanted to peek behind the curtain of a software as a service business like Access Ally, for example? Well, you're in luck because today I'm going to be taking you behind the scenes of our software company and how it's different from running a coaching business or even an online course business. And I'm excited about this one. So let's do it. This episode is me answering Susie Istvan's question on LinkedIn. So if we're not LinkedIn friends yet, go ahead and look for me there, Natalie Lucier, and I would be happy to take requests for more episode topics. So let's dive in. So first of all, the difference between running a coaching business or a course or a membership type business and a software as a service is that a lot of times in a coaching business, you are providing a service. Or if you have an online course or membership business, what you're providing is essentially you in a packaged format, right? So you record things, you pre-script things and upload them, and maybe you do have group calls and things like that. So a lot of it, the delivery comes down to you as the coach or the creator. But in a software as a service business where people pay for software, it's actually a lot more than just you. So what we've found, and I really love Jillian Perkins, who I had be on her podcast, Work Less, Earn More. And she said that it sounds a lot like what we have is not software as a service, but software and a service. And I think that's something that a lot of business owners who get into software don't realize is that there will be a lot of service delivery involved in delivering software. So what that really means is that you will need support people and people to answer questions. And in the beginning, if you're the one bootstrapping and creating the software company, then that will probably be you answering some of those tech questions and those support questions. So if you're used to having a certain amount of support in a course business or a coaching business, just imagine how much higher it would be in a software business, because it really is a higher volume. People need to be trained on how to use the software. They will have questions. Maybe they'll run into issues and you need to be prepared for that aspect of it. Now, the other side of the service is in our opinion and kind of how we run access ally, which by the way, if you don't know what access ally is, it's a WordPress plugin for people who want to create online courses, memberships, and communities all on their own terms. And what we've found is that we really like to go above and beyond with our service. So we have our customer support, but we also have things like tune-up calls where people can come and join and ask questions, get inspired by other people's websites and what they're doing with their memberships and courses. And we just really like to go above and beyond and offer these types of things. So people have the resources they need to use the software better, to get better results in their businesses. And that to me is where we kind of go into the service territory. And it's really what sets apart just the features of the software. So that being said, the software is very important and we'll get back to that in a minute. Now, number two is 
all about pre-selling. So when it comes to an online course or a coaching program, it's really easy to pre-sell because you don't need to have the course already finished. You don't need to have your coaching program already finished. Chances are you're going to be doing it live with people for the first time. And if you've read my book, pre-sell your online course on Amazon, then you know I'm a huge fan of pre-selling. But when it comes to software, it's not quite as easy to pre-sell. And that's because you need a usable product. Yes, you could take orders ahead of time and give yourself time to create the product and the software and then have it ready for people, but people aren't going to wait that long for their software to be available. If they're trying to solve a problem or they want your solution, they're not going to wait forever for you to develop it. And also when it comes to software, it's always going to take longer than you think to develop or add features or do certain things. So that makes it really tricky to pre-sell. So we were really lucky with XSL. We built Access Ally for ourselves to solve an issue that we had on our site. And so it was already, you know, in existence. And what we did is we slowly added features and things that we wanted it to do over time, just for ourselves first, before we ever sold Access Ally. And we knew that Access Ally would be a bigger product one day. So we took a lot of the feedback from people who are going through our courses and, you know, asking us questions on how, how do we do this progress tracking checklist? How do we do all of these things? And we knew that there was something there. So when we were ready to take beta clients, we had something that we could give them. And we started off with four beta clients way, way back in the day. I think 2013 is probably the, the time that we took those four beta clients and we had a, a product that was usable that actually solved a problem. So if you don't have something coded up yet, it's really, really hard to get people to sign on the dotted line or give you money if your product is not ready for prime time yet. Now this leads me to point number three, which is price points and the slow ramp up of bootstrapping a software company. So what I've realized is that we all see these amazing six figure, seven figure business, income claim marketing all the time. And it's, it's interesting because most software companies that are bootstrapped take a very long time to get to a nice revenue level. And that was absolutely the case for us too. So we were extremely lucky that I was able to continue to do my coaching business and sell our online courses and our memberships and start building the software company kind of on the side or in the background, if you will, and kind of have the two support each other and have the software company be the ultimate goal, but also knowing that more of the coaching and the other things that I was doing was helping to fund that because in our case, my husband is our lead developer, Robin. He is brilliant when it comes to software. And so he was part of the team at Natalie Lucier Media Inc. And so he was on board. He also helped with other things in the business, just, you know, more admin and things like that. And just kind of keeping things going with us, but he was able to focus more on the software side while I focused more on the coaching and running the, the actual business. And so that allowed us to have that slow ramp up until we had enough money coming in from the software that it made sense to slowly remove our coaching offerings and our courses and things like that, especially because that was around the time that we had our first child. So for us, it was an important transition. We knew we wanted to go into the software business full time and reduce the amount of time that I was working one-on-one -on -one with clients. So when I say slow ramp up, 
and bootstrapping, I mean very slow. I mean like multiple years before the software was enough to cover expenses for our team and all of that. So I think this is kind of a stark realization is you can't pre-sell your software very well, which makes it harder to make money from it. Two, people are not going to sign up and stay if your software is not very mature yet. And that was definitely the case in the beginning. We would have people sign up and that was super exciting. We, you know, yes, we made a sale and, or a handful of sales for the week. And then a month or two later, those people were no longer with us because they were looking for a different solution or it wasn't solving the problem that they were after. So for us, that was a lot of learning in those early days. And that's the thing with software as a service with a recurring fee is people are looking to cancel things that they're not using. So you have to make sure that your solution is amazing, is worthwhile, and is going to be something that they want to use long-term. Number four in the differences is team structure and size. So when I was running more of a coaching and course and membership business, we definitely had more people on the marketing side of things and I was mostly doing delivery. So we didn't have a huge, huge team. It was definitely a little bit more streamlined. And I think in a way it was actually more efficient because we had a higher profit margin in that particular team structure. So I think that's important to state. If you want a very lean business, software might not be the right model for you. It's possible to do a lean software business, I'm sure, but from what we've seen and the level of support that we want to offer, it takes a lot of people to be available for our customers and do amazing things with them and for them. So let me talk about the team structure of a software business. So for us, we have a couple of different quote unquote departments. So we have our product department. So that basically means someone who is in charge of making sure that we're building the right product. And in the beginning, that was just me, but now we have an amazing product manager who really talks to our customers a lot, works with the development team to help prioritize what we're working on and also just, you know, create designs and things that, that we can move towards so that it's not just onto development's plate with just a raw idea. It's a lot more fleshed out before we start working on things. And then after that, we do have development. So that is, you know, actually creating the software. And in our case, we never outsource overseas. We do all development internally to the company. So that's another interesting thing that you might need to consider if you're considering doing a software as a service company. Some people manage to save on development costs by hiring overseas or even bringing in an agency or something else that, that will handle development, especially if you're not a technical founder yourself. So you might have that outside of your team, but in our case, we really like to keep it in-house to have full control over the code and just keep the expertise with us. So development is a really core important part of a software company and it's where a lot of investment usually goes to make sure that the software is continually updated, keeping up with what people need and expect and just making it better over time. I think that's another big realization is that software is not once and done. So with an online course or a program, you might think, okay, I create the course. Maybe I'll update it once a year, every time I launch, however you think about your course content. But when it comes to software, people are not going to expect one update per year. 
They expect a lot of new features and a lot of amazing, cool things that they can do with their software. And at the same time, you have to maintain core functionality, make sure that there's no bugs or no issues. And at the same time, make sure that it doesn't get so complicated that people cannot use the new features and the new things that you're adding. So it's a really fine balance of making sure that you're providing additional value for the additional money that people are paying month to month or year to year, but also not overwhelming them with tons of stuff that they don't really need or want. Next, we have marketing. So in, in my business, there's myself and sometimes an intern or someone else on our team that helps with marketing. So that is a really important part of the whole business, obviously. And we've learned so much over the years about what works, what doesn't work. And I have a whole other point all about what's different when it comes to marketing a software company. Next, we have sales. So depending on how you run your software company, you might just have pure self-serve where people come to your website, they purchase, and they never talk to anyone. And for our business, we realized we want to be able to answer people's questions, maybe give them a demo before they purchase, and just make sure it's a good fit for them before they make that investment. So we do have someone who gets on calls with people, and she also handles a lot of the education side of our company. And that means tutorials and those tune-up calls I talked about where people can come and learn and get inspired. We also have have operations on our team. So that's all the usual stuff that all businesses need as well. Now let's get into number five marketing. So marketing is definitely different, but there's overlap. So a lot of times we are marketing ourselves as a personal brand when it comes to coaching and courses and memberships. And I think there's a lot of power to that, even for software too, but at the same time for software, you kind of need to have a company brand and you do need to focus a little bit more on things like comparing features and benefits. And a lot of times people will compare your software a lot more than they would compare a course or a coaching program. And that's because they see it as more of a commodity. That's kind of the reality of software. There are so many different types of software that do sort of the same thing. So it's really, really hard for people to know just by looking at your website, what it's going to do for them and whether it's better for them or not compared to another option. So we have a lot of marketing around comparing our software to other software out there. And then also just knowing who you're for. So this brings me to the whole idea, customer avatar and jobs to be done. So in the beginning, we definitely did ideal customer avatars. We talked about who were the types of people who signed up for access ally, what were they looking for? You know, those psychographics and also the, the very specific things like, Oh, it's, you know, a woman or a man, or, you know, this is what kind of business they have. And for a long time, that was okay, but we really got a lot more value from using jobs to be done, which is a different way of looking at why people hire a piece of software or why they hire a course or a coach. And so that has been a really big transition for us. And uh, jobs to be done is more about why would somebody use Access Ally? What problem are they trying to solve and for what outcome? And so we don't worry as much about, you know, who is it for and who are ideal people, but more about the problems that they're trying to solve. And that has helped liberate us in a lot of ways around our marketing. 
And this takes me to number six, and that is the scalability of a software company versus a coach or a membership or course type of business. So I definitely have found a software business to be way more scalable. And if only in the sense that you are not the one delivering everything. So when it comes to delivery, the software tends to be the one delivering the majority of the value that people are paying for. But then also you do have team members that you usually will have on your team, like your support and sales and all of the people who are helping your customers get the value from the software that they're purchasing. Now, that being said, you are still part of the business. <laughs> You're still an important aspect, especially if you're kind of a visible founder and people want to know who runs this business. They want to know, you know, who's behind it. What do they believe in? What do they stand for? And so it's still important for you to be part of the business and the brand and all of that. But at the same time, you're not the one, you know, clicking the buttons on the computer that make the software do things. So that to me is where a lot of the scalability and the kind of time freedom and flexibility in your schedule really comes in. So those are the things. So scalable is kind of the opposite of the slow ramp up. And so they kind of go together, right? You start off with a low price point or a decent price point per month or per year. And then from there, people pay. And as you get more and more people, that's when you start to see the recurring income for the software business really take off and become a lot more sustainable long-term. And the benefit there is that you can really predict how much income you'll make month to month, which is really amazing for planning finances and hiring and all the other things that are so important to your business. So you're not relying on big launches. You know exactly what's going to hit the bank account each month and you know what you can do to move the levers to get more sales as well. So those are the things that I would say are different about running a software as a service business versus a coaching business. It's a lot less cyclical and a lot more stable, which I have found to be extremely beneficial in my life. Now, if you want to see Access Ally in action, go to accessally.com forward slash free dash demo and take a look at our demo site, experience what Access Ally is all about and see if it's something that would benefit you in your business. Now, all of that being said, I hope that this gives you some perspective on what it's like running a software as a service company and the differences. And if you're considering starting a software company, definitely hit me up on LinkedIn. I would love to know more about it and cheer you on. To get the show notes and links from today's episode, head over to natalielussier.com and click the podcast link. You can also subscribe to receive email notifications when new podcasts are released. Thanks for listening and until next time. Want to keep growing your business on your terms? Then sign up for my free newsletter, The Momentum Memo. You'll get quick, actionable tips to gain momentum in your business every Tuesday. Head over to natalielussier.com forward slash memo to join over 6,000 other entrepreneurs scaling on their terms. Whether you're just getting started or have been running your business for a while, the Momentum Memo has something for you. 